Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. to myself about what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do, what I did wrong, and 
If I'm not that, I'm bitching at my kids for something. So this is the perfect venue for me to get in here and talk to people. So I don't know what y'all are up to. We're going to have a guest today, a friend of mine named Jason Hosey. I met through my Hug It Out America movement. Unfortunately, I'm not able to do that anymore because we have to be six feet apart. It's kind of hard to hug somebody, let alone talk to anybody when you're six feet apart. Maybe when this whole coronavirus is over and we kick its ass, then I can back, get back on the road, wrap my arms and mind around people over this nation. But for now, I'm right here on Sweatpants Radio. Just chilling, talking to y'all. We get comfortable here because the conversation later may not get not so comfortable. So anyway, I wanted to talk to y'all about something I happened to me yesterday. I'm just going to bring up things that kind of might be a little controversial to talk about, a little hard, but the things we got to talk about. And that's what we do on this radio station. We have fun and everything, but we talk about stuff that matters. And I'm going to share a little bit about me to you, and maybe at some point I'll hear some listeners from y'all calling in and sharing about me, because we got to share our humanity and who we are to get go on this radio station. Anyway, so here's a story. I moved to this town I live in um, about three years ago from uh, California, San Francisco Bay Area. And it's a very different town that I'm used to. Um, it's very liberal-minded and... Um, I, I would say politically focused, and, and I try not to be that way. Well, when I lived in, in California, and my whole life, I have always, um, even since when I was single, gone to church. It's been an important thing to me. But one thing has been super important to me in that process of going to church is actually the sermon. And I, I didn't come about liking the sermon out of nowhere. As a child, grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, I was forced to go to church and Sunday school. These days, my kids bitch about just having to go to a damn church, let alone church and Sunday school. So back then, you had to go to both. So I'd go, I'd go to Sunday church first, and then I'd go to Sunday school. It was an hour. So it was like two and a half hours I was at church as a young kid. Well, at my church, they actually had... Two rooms. They had one room where everybody get with all these different age groups, grades, and then they go to these second rooms where they'd have um, classes divided up by age and grade and stuff for Sunday school and having Bible study. Well, my dad would drop me off at Sunday school to make sure I go, so he dropped me off, and we'd have these pews we'd sit in out out in the holding area, kind of the basic, kind of like a little auditorium area where all the grades would meet. When they started talking, I would slowly work my way back to the back pew and then get on my hands and knees and crawl out of the place, out of the room, and then I'd go downtown. I'd go downtown to this place called Carpenter's Drugs. Back then, I was into motorcycle magazines like crazy. I rode motorcycles. So I'd go down there, you know, and I'd look at motorcycle magazines. I ain't going to lie. I constantly looked, occasionally looked at a a playboy when the when the manager there wasn't looking at me or something. He always looked at me crazy because he's wondering why this little freckle-faced redhead boy's down there on in the, on a Sunday when all that's usually around that town at that time back then were prostitutes and winos. Anyway, so I would go down there, I'd read the magazines, and I'd sneak back in, in church and get there right about the time my dad would pick me up. Well, I did this over and over. One day I was there reading the magazines by the by the stand, and I saw this hand pull my hand down on my magazine like it was right in front of my face. And I looked, and it was my dad staring at me. He was looking me right in my eyes. 
And I looked at him, and I had this kind of defiant, you know, trying to act like I was tough, saying, what are you doing here? And my dad looked back at me, and he said, well, I was going about to ask you the same question. And he kind of laughed at me, and I knew I was in trouble, or I thought I was in trouble. And he said, well, Billy, it's clear to me that you don't like Sunday school. It's going to be hard for me to get you to go to Sunday school. So I'll tell you what. We'll go to church, and in church, instead of you goofing off, you know, scribbling stuff on paper and not paying attention, if you pay attention to the sermon, and you can listen to it, write some notes so you know what's going on, after church, we will sit down five, ten minutes, and we'll talk about the sermon, and I will give you some questions, and we'll go over it. And if you pass my questions, you don't have to go to Sunday school. We'll go have a pop, we'll go have a hamburger or something. So for a long time, that's what I did. I would be, most kids would be there goofing off. I was scribbling, writing down the points. And sometimes I get the sermon right, sometimes I get it wrong. But what I didn't get, and my dad was such a smart guy and saw the bigger picture stall way down the road, I got an appreciation for the sermon in church. It means the most to me and anything that I actually about the whole service, any part of it. And when I was single, I was busy all the time. So a lot of times I went to this church in Menlo Park, California, and I honestly, I didn't want to hear the whole service, but I loved hearing the sermon. So I would come in on my skates, and I would skate in the service. I'd take my, my skates off right before I got in service, and I'd sit in the back of the pew, listen to the last 30 minutes of service, and duck back out and go out and have my day. But that's kind of how I got my appreciation for religion. And today I still have got my kids going to church. But having the right church for me mattered a lot. So right here in Northampton, I moved. I had had a pretty good church in California we were working on that my family was going to. I was taking my kids to. But here in Northampton, the first church I went to didn't work out too well. I ended up leaving, like I said. They got a little too political to me. Um they started talking about stuff I didn't want them to talk about, to tell my kids about, so I left. So I decided to go to a second church. So I went to a second church, and it was going okay. And then there was one service where they were talking about something, and I'm not sure exactly what it was, but after the guy talked, I stood up. And he said, uh, I'd like you to sit down, Billy. You can't talk now. I go, well, I was feeling moved by the Lord, and I wanted to say something. He goes, well, you can't do that. Sit down. And he started coming at me like I was an intruder and walking down the aisle at me. Please sit down, buddy. Sit down. I said, don't worry about it. I'm not sitting down. I'm walking out of here. And I walked out, and I never took my kids back. I don't I don't need that kind of idea in my life of religion, people not allowing people to talk about stuff when the service is over. So my latest church I went to, I've been pretty excited about it. The first time we went to the church, I, you know, I tried out three or four on my own before I took my family there, and I took them there, and um, they started the speech, you know, we're all, you're, everybody's welcome here, you're, whatever religion you are, what you believe, whatever your gender, your sexuality, all this stuff, but when they got through, I noticed they didn't say anything about politics, and I, I didn't make a big deal about it, because it's only my first or second time at the church, so what I actually did is I just sat there. But little did I know that my wife, after service, 
had gone up to a woman that turned out to be um, a leader in the church. And she said, well, my husband, we're here to see this church, and my husband has this movie called Hug It Out America, which has embracing all walks of life, finding humanity, all even difference in politics. And I started talking to the woman, and she was very impressed by my movement. She said, you know what? Next week, I'm going to change the doctrine. I'm going to take the words I've talked. We talked to the people at our church. They talked to people at the church, and we're going to put in there some of my politics. I, I wasn't sure they were going to do it. I didn't believe it. So I came a couple weeks later, and sure enough, they said, all are welcome here, all political leanings. So I said, wow, this is the church for me. So I joined the church, had a great service. It's really free form, which I like. They have a sermon, then they have a discussion. Everybody talks like we're one big family. Man, we were playing um, the OJs, love train, dancing around it. It wasn't that old school, boring Christian service. This was real stuff, and it was welcoming. And, and I feel like that church, for the most part, is welcoming. But the last couple of times, or probably many times, I'm very astute and very aware of people bring up politics in a service. And I think a lot of people don't notice them because we do it so much. I really don't want politics in my religion, and I definitely don't want us versus them politics going on. So I'd heard it several times in passing in this service where they would kind of make some offhanded comment about Donald Trump or something in that order in, in, a, in, a, in a negative way. And I, I kind of put in the back of my mind, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this. But, I, but everything else about the church was good. I'd actually end up joining the church, and I hadn't joined the church in a long time. I hadn't felt like I joined one. So this is, so, this is a long story to get where I am. So basically what happened is yesterday at the service. They were having a service, and the week before they had got me a little on edge about what they were saying, and I you know, I was feeling kind of, oh, I'm a step away from the church. But then I decided to come back again this week, and I said, I talked to this great woman I met through my church. Um, through Actually, through she'd see me talk at my church because I'm pretty outspoken sometimes. I get up and Heaven forbid, say some controversial things that kind of rock some pews there. Um, so anyway, so so I uh, I was in there. Thank you. My daughter's giving me a note. I, I need I need to. That's the thing about work at home. You get people bugging you when your kids are here. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So we were um, having this 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 service where they were talking about things, and I was not happy about something they said they had basically kind of bashed trump talking about the idea of him saying they changed to garbage whole countries and all this stuff and i had decided that service yesterday since i'd had trouble the week before and like i said i met this great woman through there this who's got me to kind of stick with the service and she's been pretty credible she may be listening to the show today um anyway I was kind of irritated at what had happened at this service, and I had to, I I was not going to say anything, but just kind of said, you know, what? I got to say something about this. So this service is on Zoom. It's a Zoom service because obviously we're at home. So we had like fifty or six people on the Zoom service, and they're talking. And this particular service, it was a scripture reading and some 
other stuff by the children of the church, and they were saying all this stuff. I'm like, I, I just didn't like the fact that they were using the us versus them and bashing Trump and using Trump, to, using children to do it too. So I'm like, that's it. So I got on at the end of service. We have a coffee hour, and we and we just basically turn all our Zoom cameras, turn all our microphones on so everybody can talk. So I decided, well, I'm just going to put something in the chat saying, you know, I wasn't happy with what, what happened, or we really welcoming everybody at this church. And I didn't think anybody would say about it, but as soon as I did it, I think the moderator saw it, and they mentioned it on the certain, they mentioned it to the group of 50 or 60 people. And they said, uh, you know, I wanted to talk, address Billy's point, because I basically said what I said. You know, if you call yourself an all-welcoming church and everybody's welcome here, you're not going to get many Trump supporters or conservative people here if you're going to have your sermons where you bash them. They're going to walk out the door. And I said, that's not very welcoming, and I wonder how you would feel if I was up on stage bashing Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or somebody else, you might walk out the door and not be so happy about it either. So I don't think it's a very welcoming message. So basically we got in this big discussion, and and I, you know, I definitely turned over some pews in this, this Zoom conference we had. But, I mean, it was a good conversation. I don't know if they'll – changed away and try to welcome themselves open. But one of the guys in the service made a really good point, and he's kind of one of the main guys in the service, and he was blunt. At least he was honest. He said, you know, Billy makes an interesting point, but maybe we don't welcome all here. Maybe we don't. So the thing that I'm struggling with right now, do I want to be a part of a church that says they're welcome to all but they're walk, they ain't walking the walk. They're talking the talk for sure. They're preaching in, in the in the pulpit, but I, I'm not seeing them walking it enough. But I think I'm going to stick with this church a little longer because I believe in giving people a chance. And they obviously, we had a good conversation. Nobody really completely agreed with changing things around. They tried to minimize what they were doing, and I didn't let them say that. You know, I... I Gave them a pretty hard time, but they are trying to make a better situation. So I'm going to stick with this church for now. I hope my thing didn't cut off. Everybody still there? Yeah, I think you're still there. My computer cut off. Sorry about that. Um, so I'm going to stick with this church. So I want to tell you all that story today. took a little time to tell it. Um, it's going to lead me into our guest today which is Jason Hosey. Um, I'm hoping he will call me up. I'm going to try to call him. Jason, you can call me now at 563-999-3420. And uh, hopefully I'll hear from you in a minute. And we can I can talk to you a little bit how I met Jason and how I think he fits in this conversation a little bit. But... You know that's what I, that's what I want to talk about. I, I may try to call him if I can figure this out. I'm gonna call him on my cell phone here first because I don't know if he's listening right now. So give me just a second, folks. It's just me, myself, and I in this little office, and my wife and kids, kids homeschooling me in here, and my dog ran here somewhere. Basically, just me. So I gotta call Jason see if I can get him to call in. 
Hold on just a minute. Hey, Jason, you call in now, man. You got the number? Yeah, I've been talking. Have you been listening? That's right. Just call in. That's cool. It's kind of a pain in the butt, the interface. I'm figuring out. Okay, see you. Okay, Jason's going to call in here right now. And uh, as he calls in, I'm going to share a story with uh, with you. And maybe I'll wait for him to get on the line. I, may have, I think I shared this story yesterday, but I didn't really invite anybody to, to listen to the show yesterday because I'm still figuring out. The first day, I was just like, testing one, testing two. I couldn't figure out anything on it. So let's see if Jason's calling in here. Oh, no, maybe he's having some trouble. Guest call in. Five six three. You can't figure it out. I may have to call him back. This is what you call a grassroots movement. That's a dead grass right now, trying to put some water on it, bring this thing to life. All right, where are you, Jason? Five six three. No, nothing from him. So anyway, I'm, I'm glad we got some good weather today. It's like sixty degrees. I don't know about where y'all are. People walking down the street a little bit, you know, keeping their distance from each other. Um, I hope y'all are out there getting walks, you know, seeing the world, talking to people. Not talking to people, maybe across the creek or across the street. I'm having the best time going out with my kids, going down to the rivers and climbing trees and just getting the mountains and connecting with them and connecting with nature. But, man, like I said, man, they drive me nuts, man. We've been in this quarantine for what, 25 days? Oh, here he is. Let's see. Let's get, I think Jason's right there. Let's see. Jason? Jason, you there? Hugman. Hugman. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Welcome to I am COVID. Sweatpants Radio, I'm man. Well, thanks for Glad having me. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Is there a delay? Or is it okay? I think it's okay. Okay. So, uh, Jason is a guy, I was just talking to listeners um, about, a little bit about the show, a little bit about my experience yesterday, and uh, I'm glad to have you on here, but I wanted to uh, first tell everybody how I met Jason. Me and Jason, I think it was about a, a Month and a half ago, was it two months, Jason? I believe it was a couple oh. months, like January. Yeah, maybe in January. January. Me and Jason met downtown. I was doing my hug thing I normally do downtown, hugging a, hugging a bunch of strangers, holding my big board up. Jason gave me this big hug, man, warm-hearted guy, and we talked. He called me the hug man. I called him the hug daddy, and we were immediately two brothers from another mother, right? <laughs> Strong resemblance too. A strong resemblance, man. You could get more ebony and ivory than me and you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right being Paul McCartney. You okay being Mike? Hey, I'm 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 down with that. We're soul brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Jason, me and Matt, and then I I saw him. We went to was it a women's march? Yes. Women's march. We met. We talked with another friend of mine. At that time, we were supporting a woman called Tulsi Gabbard for a political campaign. We went down there. He held a sign. We had a good time. We've been on a couple things together. We've hung out. He's a good man, and I'm glad to have him on the show because I get to know him more and more because he's a pretty cool guy, and I want to get him to tell him a little bit about himself. I've introduced you to him, but I'm going to let Jason tell you a little bit about himself. Well, thanks, Billy. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, so I... I will call myself the death escapee. You know, I've escaped death so many times in my life. Um, And when I met Billy, I was just coming up out of uh, a horrible place, a horrible pit, if you will. And it's interesting how people with the same type of heart find their way to each other. Um, So through a number of, of different fortuitous circumstances. I meet Billy on the street with a sign giving hugs. Uh, and, you know, what better time than, than, than these when people really just are looking for love. And the old song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, well, I guess that was me for a very, very, very long time. Uh, and, you know, uh, prior military... Um, Marine, former Marine Corps, um, you know, Christian background and upbringing, um, homeless not very long ago and having come out of that pit um, and, you know, moving back to a place where things are comfortable and where I have joy again. But it's really, you know, it's really special how along the way to this place I have found certain, I'm going to call them love angels like Billy who are spreading a message of love in a time when people really need that coming out of a time myself when I really needed that. So through so many unique circumstances and experiences, I've been led to, to this place and, you know, tag teaming with my friend, Billy, um, to really, to, to bring love to the people the way each and every person needs to be loved through this universal language of, of hugs and love. And I, and, and Billy, I love you for that. And I love what you're doing with your movement. Um, Thanks, I, you know, expect momentum, especially coming out of this COVID uh, pandemic. Um, but, you know, it's just it's it's just an amazing thing when you learn to surrender and let go and begin to love other people the way you love yourself and watch the world around you change. I mean, that's only just a little bit about me, but but now it's it's really all about it's all about love. You know, what better time to 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 focus on giving love? looking for opportunities to give love and, Mm -hmm. uh, and what better time to love yourself a little more too. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, 
So I don't know, Jason. I can't remember. Did I tell you my story about the flood? No. I didn't tell you my story about the flood. Oh no! Well, I, tell me I, more. You know, I'm going to preface this story because I, I don't know how you. And I, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. We follow God. We believe strongly in God. And I, I don't know where you stand on this. So I'm kind of, you know, like I say on the thing. We get comfortable on this show in our sweatpants because the conversation might not go that way, right? So we get maybe some stuff that might be kind of hard to talk about. So I, as a person who's inside, being here 24 days with my family, it gets hard, and I want to go out and I do these things. But then I look out in the world, and I see these people still on spring break, I see these people still going out to restaurants. Well, I'm at, I mean, there are those people, obviously, that don't have the financial means to stay at home or the schedule in their life, work schedule, whatever it is. But it's, it's those people that still defy this virus that's taking over our nation, that's, take, that's attacking all of humanity. It's, it's us against it right now, y'all. That's what it is. And when I see these people out there defying this, and specifically what I'm talking about are those people on spring break going to restaurants. And, and sadly, it happens more in the South than anywhere, I think because they're more laid back. But my biggest problem are these churches that are still meeting, still meeting, these huge congregations, and people are getting sick in these churches. And I'm having a hard time understanding that being a Christian person. I'm Christian. What, what do you, what's your thoughts on that, Jason? Well, <laughs> that's a great question, actually. So I hit him out of um, left field, folks. Yeah, well, I like baseball. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so here's the deal: the the Bible. No matter what um, translation you're looking at, uh, the Bible speaks pretty clearly on obeying the laws of the land unless they conflict with God's law. Uh, there is no law. Uh, there, is no, there is no hard, fast rule outlined in the Bible that says that you even have to go to a church building, period. In fact, the early church didn't do that at all. They took the gospel of Jesus Christ out to the people. Jesus himself didn't stay in one place. He traveled his entire ministry preaching the gospel everywhere he went, walking on foot, being followed by multitudes of people. He, uh, he, he boated. He went by waterway to this place, and he preached. And then he went from there to here, and he preached. Um, and so, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I was just um, visiting with the church very recently. And, you know, some of these religious groups are extremely cultish, and the way that yeah. they handle the people, uh, and the way that they uh, try to manage their pe- the people, um, you know, certainly, you know, there are lots of small churches. They're all 501c3s, so membership is critical to staying alive. And so, as much as I've heard some leaders talk about, it's not about nickels and noses. 
the truth is, it very much is about nickels and noses because with enough, without enough noses, you don't get enough nickels, and without enough nickels, the doors will will, will close. I've never heard that saying um, before. You got a new one on me there, Jason. Well, you know, you know, I, I I thank God for having been able to travel and kind of hear you know different approaches to this thing uh, that mm-hmm. we call uh, this modern church, this modern concept of church. Um, you know, I I think it's unwise to number one. To, to put people at risk uh, by gathering. Now, the governor of Massachusetts has been, you know, Governor Baker has been very clear, um, and, and he, he has a, a, a strong desire to protect the people. He has stated that, you know, we can't, I can't force Americans to stay home. However, do all that you can do to protect yourself, your families, and your friends. Um, I think as a Christian – to go against God's law, um, to go against the law of the land, uh, first of all, is against uh, our, our teachings as believers, mm-hmm. and we're setting, up, we're setting an improper example. But I, I think also you see a tremendous lack of either faith uh, or, or you see how strong people's faith really is in a, you know, during a time like this. You know, I think it's you know, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree so, with you, so, man. I mean, it's all like I said before. This is a time we got to come together as humanity and do whatever we can. And I think God would want us to do that too. Um, but let me let me tell you about the story about the flood. And you know, you, you might want to tell this to some other people when you run into some people that you might know that are in these churches that are still meeting. And I'm going to tell you this story, and it may help with that because i struggle with it right with how do you tell these people and get them to realize you know what about all these people that you're infecting that may not even be a christian right you know and so here's a story jason i told this the other day but i didn't even have anybody i don't think the radio station was alive so i want you to hear i don't think you ever told it so there was this flood in louisiana and it was in this small town and this town was in a flood plain in louisiana and the rain was coming down, it was rising, and everybody was starting to evacuate the the town, but it was taking a while. It was taking a while for this to happen. And this one man had this really nice house, beautiful house, and he was on his porch, and the flood was rising. He was a good Christian man. He, he, he was a God-fearing Christian man, loved God and everything. And he was on his porch and he was just sitting there rocking back, like just like I'm doing in my chair next to the window right now, just walking back and forth, just looking out at what was going on. And the flood was rising up to his porch. He was actually lapping his feet. It was on his shoes. And this uh, canoe came by with these men in it, and they said, they screamed up, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Can't you think there's a flood? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, why don't you get in this canoe? We'll get you out of here. Won't anything happen to you? And the and the the man on the porch sings about, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'm a God-fearing Christian. I love God. He's going to save me. He's going to protect me. And the two men looked at him and said, okay, whatever. He said, suit yourself. And they paddled on out of there, kept on going down the river. A little later, it was really raining hard, and the flood had risen really high. And he's up on the second floor of his house, and the, and the water's like right below the windowsill. And he's looking out the window, looking out at the sky and looking for, you know, a miracle and something to save and everything. And this family's coming by in this in this motorboat. 
and there's a little boy in the back, and he notices the man up in the window. He says, hey, Daddy, look, there's a man up in the window. So he turns the boat around, get, takes the motor, zips around, goes right in front of the house, says, hey, buddy, what you doing up in that window? you got to get out of here, man. It's getting dangerous. The floods are rising. Let's get you out of here so you don't get hurt. You might drown. And he says, uh, oh, don't worry about me. I'm a God-fearing Christian. I love God. He's going to protect me. He's going to save me. And the, the little boy, even the little boy's confused, like, Daddy, why didn't he want to get us? says, I don't know, son. And the wife and the kids, they, they get on the motorboat and they zip on out of there. A little later, the flood had risen all the way up to the roof. The man had to go up through his attic, through a door in the top, and is on top of the roof. And the, the water's lapping right at the gutters. And he's up there. At this point, everybody's evacuating. He's like the only man out there. All the waters, there are things floating down the river, and this helicopter comes above and hovers. It drops down this rope ladder, and the guy's going, "Hey, buddy, grab the rope, get on up. We got to get you out of here. It's getting dangerous. You're going to die if you don't get out of here." And he looks back up and he screams at the man helicopter, says, "It's okay. I'm fine. I'm a Christian. God's going to save me. He's going to protect me. He's going to see me through this." And they looked at helicopter pilot and the guy looked and said what's going on he said you sure you really should get out of here he said no go on he said okay i'm we're the last people here so he flies off goes off in the sky long gone a little later the, the flood rises up to where he is then it rises above his head and he's he's swimming and eventually he can't swim anymore and he goes in the water he drowns and he dies he goes up to heaven, walking up the pearly gates. He's not just like walking. He's got an attitude. He's got a stride. He's got a, a mission in mind. He sees St. Peter. He doesn't even stop. St. Peter's you know, checking out. But St. Peter knew he was coming anyway, and he just flows right through, through the pearly gates, goes right up to God. He goes, God, he goes, I don't understand. I have been a God-fearing Christian all my life. I've gone to church. I've read the scriptures. I've sang the songs. I've practiced it everywhere I go. I come, I go to the church circles. I do all that. And I read in the book, you were going to protect me. You were going to save me. And you didn't do that, God. Why didn't you do that? And looks at God, and God says, yeah, I did, I did say that. I did say I would protect you. I want to make sure you were safe. And he looks back and says, so why didn't you do it to me this time? And God looks back and goes, well, I sent you a canoe, then I sent you a motorboat, and then I sent you a helicopter. So that's the story that I like to tell to people who seem to think there's going to be some water in the wine moment or burning bush or part the Red Sea or any of that stuff. To the, the things that be, be telling you to do the right thing are right there in front of you. So I don't know if you ever heard that story before, Jason. Well, you know, it, it's an interesting story about wisdom, and you know, you know, in the Old Testament, God spoke directly to the people, uh, and you know, Adam was was privileged to be able to talk with God directly, and Eve directly, um, you know, but God isn't quite speaking that way anymore to us, but He is sending help, He is sending love, He is sending uh, blessings through the hands of others around us, to us. And I, I feel so many of us are expecting 
got to swoop down and do it and do it himself. But I think oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what we miss, you know, as believers is that God is placing a blessing right in front of us and we need only reach out and take hold of it. Yeah. So do you, do you have any, any friends that are still worshiping or, or going to services, public services? Well, I try not to hang out with fools. <laughs> so it's rather <laughs> foolish. To, well, I mean, it is indirectly. It, I didn't know if you know anybody. Well, no, but, you know, I, I'd rather not be associated with people who break the law, number one. Number two, I'd rather not be associated yeah. with people who feel like it's, it's you, know, it being, you know, being cavalier about this thing. Oh, we can gather. We're going to be fine. As, like the man in the flood, God will save us. God is saving you by having the governor tell you don't gather more than 10 people together in a place for your own safety. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's giving and, you the signs. He's giving you the motorboat. He's telling you what the you hell know, you need to do. But but but, and, I, but here's what I here's what what I understand, you know, Billy. People, you know, church there are plenty of churches that don't want to hop on board the technological age and yeah. use tech to gather people. It's difficult for some for, for 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 some people, for some church leaders to to wrap their head around having a service remotely, but also I think bigger a bigger concern for those small groups because I I presume they are rather small um, is that if they don't draw in tithes and offerings they're gonna die and it's so sad that I I you know I believe part of what what causes people in this particular segment of the population to break this uh, you know the, the, these laws and go against. Uh, what the governor set forth is because they need to draw in those revenues, and if they don't, that little building is going to be put up for sale. Mm-hmm. They're going to foreclose on that mortgage, and you know what? People are at risk, and you know what else? People believe that God will save them. They believe, like that man in the flood, don't worry, God's going to swoop down and do it. But yeah. what, a, what a wonderful time to, to really take a look at yourself and where you're at, you know, yeah. in, 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 in all this as a believer. It's just amazing, you know, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. We can't seem to figure it out, you know, why why they just get so blinded by that. It's, it's, and, and I think that's, you know, and the funny thing is, is those churches that do that kind of, you know, cultish. I was actually involved with kind of a cultish church in California. I don't know if I told you about when I first moved to California, I didn't know anybody, you know. They had these cultish churches. They were a lot of fun. They had great service, single dancing and having fun and singing songs and playing music and all these great events. But, man, that thing was a damn cult. They were trying to control my whole life. And I think they just have this huge, almost like drug appeal, almost like an opioid where it just sucks you in and then you're in it and you're doing things. You're like, oh, well, they're doing that. I'm going to do that too. You know, and yeah. it, it gets scary because I was in that kind of situation. I don't know if, if you've been in those uh, any kind of cultish church by accident or um, in that way. You know, wow. Um, I have seen in my travels people with a desire to control people. And you know it's 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 a tr- it's tr- it gets it gets pretty tricky. 
I think in this time it's so important to be wise and to truly seek God's face. Uh, yeah. Trust Jesus to lead, trust Jesus Christ to lead us to God's will, because the truth is this: God's will for all of our lives, His will for humanity, is already established. And the only way the Bible says, "No man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ." You know what? God is omnipresent. Jesus is omnipresent. They are one. You know, and 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 you don't have to be in a build. I think I think people are concerned about this one thing, Billy. As as believers, if I don't go to church, it means I'm not a Christian anymore. If I don't mm-hmm. go to church, I'm not a Christian anymore. If I don't go to church, it's a betrayal of my faith. If I don't go to church, I'm not a saint of God anymore. The truth mm-hmm. is, the the when Jesus comes, He's not coming back for the building. He's coming yeah, back the for people the people the church. because we are the church. That's yeah. right, Billy. We are the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We can have church in our house, and the church is wherever we are. Amen, brother. Like, I'm, I'm like, with like, you, you know, on that. You know, I'm just the old you. saying that home is where the heart is, but church is, church is where you are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's so church. let me ask you another question I was just thinking that crossed my mind is – in my circle, I'm probably one of the few people that's still religious. I think, you know, Christian institutes and even other religions are having trouble, you know, getting people in. In the South, even less and less people are coming. How many of your friends are actually Christian or religious and go to practice a faith that they practice, you know, regularly? Ooh, wow, Billy. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, so as you know, uh, I, I was homeless last year. Yeah. Uh, I lived in a home. I lived, I lived in a homeless shelter for a quarter of the year for three months. Mm -hmm. And I admit something to you. Um, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, you know, I, I even, I even lost contact with some family members who kind of just stopped reaching back out to me after I'd reached out to them. Um, and it's very interesting. Uh, I lost, I lost contact with a lot of believers as well, a lot of Christian believers as well, which is rather interesting. Because of um, being homeless. Well, I'm not going to say why, but there is, a, there seems to be a correlation between my homelessness and their lack of contact. I said it's pretty good correlation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not going to tell you what's in their hearts, but I will say this: once they knew I was in yeah. that shelter. You know, I, I looked around and there was no one there. Um, so the Bible says, come out from among them and be separated. Sometimes we separate ourselves from people, but oh, sometimes yeah. God well, does it for us. Yeah. Sometimes God does it for us. So as I look around, I admit this to you. I don't have any people in my immediate circle who are not believers. Also, uh, also my circle is rather small <laughs> because when you aren't, we know when you're up and coming, you know, God is restoring me to a place, the place that I used to be, um, or, or, and actually beyond that. But, you know, it's a process. So many people don't want to be a part of the process, but they want to yeah. be part of the product. Uh, so True. as I look around, Billy, I'll admit to you that, um, Let's just say I don't have any, as many friends as I used to have. <laughs> I know how that is, oh. man. I, I think I told you how when I started my Hug It Out America movement and 
uh, my liberal friends in this area, as soon as I started having, you know, opened my eyes up to the humanity that's in all of us and not seeing us as reds and blues and greens, but just human beings, that that when that happened, a lot of those friends, especially when I had Trump, suddenly they didn't want to talk to me. They didn't want to be my friend anymore. They went, oh, well, you can't do that. Like, and, and you know, in, in my mind, and we talked about this, if they don't want to do that, then I don't think I want to be their friend either, right? can't judge people on that kind of stuff. you got to see who the humanity of that person is. The same way is it with with, with homeless people. You know, you, 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 you had that happen to you. I've never had that happen to me, but through my hug it out of America, I've talked to a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug addicts, a lot of felons, a lot of people, and there's humanity in all of them, man. That's what I learned, you know? You know, and you know, Billy, it's interesting that you you mentioned um, the, the humanity. So, I did not have a drug addiction. Do not have. Have never had a drug addiction. I have never struggled with alcohol. Um, for me, I was just like so many million Americans living paycheck to paycheck, and through a perfect storm of events from lose your job, then you lose your car, then, you, uh, then you, you're, you're, in, you're in the middle, you're already in, in the middle of a tumultuous, tumultuous relationship, and you lose your, your, your girl, and then you mm-hmm. lose your place because you had it together, and then you have family who's like, you can't stay here, or, you know, and then you just end up with nowhere to go. You look around, and it's you, a pile of duffel bags and backpacks, and nowhere to go with them and no money, like savings depleted. And like so many Americans living paycheck to paycheck, uh, what happened to me, you know, truly could have happened to anyone and has happened to many people. And so living in a homeless shelter, you get to realize that, wow, I'm not here because of drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, mental health issues. I'm here because I just lost them didn't have anywhere else to go and then you get to go there and hear the stories of how people ended up in this place and and, you know it's very it's very interesting how you know but before I became homeless I never would have imagined I never even kind of thought gave much thought to living paycheck to paycheck I just thought it was you know this is you you, you, you rake and scrape you you try to make ends meet you you struggle to get by sometimes you're up sometimes you're down Um, but I never imagined being being in a, in, a, in a situation of homelessness. And so I'm thankful for that experience because now I know, you know, now you see. Yeah, you have the empathy for it now, right? You know, you have the empathy for that situation. Yeah. And the, the more situations, the hardships that you go for, I think actually makes you a better person, you know, because you have more of an empathy. I've been through some of my own that you know about. We'll talk about another day maybe. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's key, you know, and you've been through that religious thing. You've been through the homeless thing. You've met all kinds of people, and I don't think people realize how fast it can happen because I've had that so many conversations with so many people on the street through my Hug It Out America of people that just the perfect storm happened. You're not alone in that, man. I, I hear it over and over, and I think when you have all these things like I have and other people have had, you say, oh, that can't happen to me, and you put yourself above it. And we're not none of us are above it. We're all humans. We're all on that same level. It's a matter of 
not just what we do. Did the chips fall our way? Did we get the lucky lottery ticket? Did 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 all the cards work in our favor? And I think people forget that. And we need to realize that we're all one step or one bad mistake from being ostracized or financially deplete or whatever it is, you know? Yes. I think that's that's what yeah. it's all about. You know, it is. And you know, it's what better time than right now when you have all this time at home um, to take a, a hard look at where you are, start looking at your, uh, your, your one-year, three-year, five-year, you know, long-term plans, make adjustments to them. Uh, you, know, this is a, you know, this is a really great time to reach out to people that you haven't talked to in a while um, yeah, this is 100%. a good time to think yeah, about, to some you know, people. well, you know, and, you know, it's, 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 thing, it's, it's, you know, occurrences like this in history that do bring people together. It's unfortunate that it happens that way, but that's just the way it is because you realize as you see thousands of people die, you realize how, how fragile and how short life is, you know, what better time to look at the things that are important, spend time with the people that you love, looking at how coming out, how, how, how what you can do coming out of this to become closer, to become stronger, um, to show more love to people. You know, unfortunately, this pandemic is going to do two things to people. It's going to break some people, and it's going to make some people rich. Yep. And, you know, the question is, you know, which one are you? You know, it's going to, yep. you know, some people are going to come out of this wiser, um, and some people are going to be the same fool that they were when they walked into it. Um because they're not going to have learned anything, unfortunately. But I this think is some the way people, of the world. everybody's going to learn something. You can't not learn something from so, this. Billy. We hope so, right, Billy? <laughs> you hope so. I mean, and, the minimum and, you, you learn to wash your hands the right way, right? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> and how to make a face a mask minimum, out of a bandana my, my, because my all damn, the masks are My 10-year-olds, my 11-year-olds <laughs> learning that, right? Hell, and I'm sure a little, yeah, everybody's learning that. You're going to learn that. We're going to learn some things. Maybe we won't learn as much as some other people. We're all going to learn. That's the thing about a tragedy is if you can make it through it, you come out a better person and a wiser person for sure. And, you know, I don't think Absolutely. we've been in a tragedy like this. I've never been in a tragedy like this. Nobody's been in a tragedy like this in their lifetime. And I know no. I think it was like the, the Spanish flu that wiped people out, and nobody was really alive when that happened. So this is, and I, and I agree with what you said big time, Jason. You said, you know, we'll get through this. It's a tragedy. As, as if we got through the wars that we got through, as we got through 911, as we work together as one love, one country, we will do that. Not, not independent, not as Republicans or gay or straight or black or Asian or white or whatever religion you are, but it's just one humanity, one people. Because we, what we're seeing all over the world, we all have to come together. I mean, that's the good thing about it. It's getting us to kind of, not just that, but slow down and realize how important relations are. We get caught up in our the rest of our other worldly things, our jobs and stuff. So in some way, there's some good things wow. that come out of it. But I, you know, I, I can see what you're saying. Some people may not learn as much as they should, for sure. But I think everybody will learn something. I, I already learned. True. I already learned that I, my kids are driving me freaking nuts after a week for sure. <laughs> uh, how many times can you paint the same wall the same color before the paint runs out? 
Man, it's it's crazy. I'm just like, I'm either, you know, watching Netflix or watching my kids not try to kill each other. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, but it is, you know, whether kids are driving you up the wall, whether the wife is bored and she's nagging you more than she normally does, or, you know, whether the husband's sitting around and, and, and lazy more on the couch than he normally does, or whatever. You know what? What a great time to just, you know, really get back to basics about who we are, who's who's around you, fall yeah. in love again. You know, get to know people around you again. You know, I we spent so have this many radio hours. Station, this thing going on if at this time didn't happen for sure. And who well, knows you know, where this you know, will you, go? But, well, that's the thing, Billy. You know, you talk about people are doing new things. You know, relationships are being reborn. You know, people are, 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 redevel- are, are, are regaining the connection they once had with their loved ones, Billy. You know, people are yep. regaining the connection they had True, with their right kids. True, you're right about that. What, what, what better time than now to be able to wake up in the morning, make your kids breakfast, eat with them, talk with them, learn with them, love on your wife, love on your husband. Maybe turn yep. the TV off and stop watching Amen. COVID news. And you know, you know who's loving and, this shit? You know who's loving this shit? The animals are loving this shit. They're getting their environment back. There are no more factories running. The the ozone's regenerating itself. Things are happening in our environment that we've been trying to get happen. Maybe God had something to do with that, you know? Well, well, maybe well God has something to do with everything. Yeah, he does, you know. Yeah, but 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 what what I mean he had something to do with it, but did he have this plan, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. All along. I, I can't get in all that. That's a whole other show. Jason, it was good having you on, man. We got about like two minutes left in the show. I knew you'd have to be a great person to have on the show because you always got a good insight to give me. It was great getting to know you. And as soon as all this crap coronavirus, you know what the thing that pisses me off is I don't even like Corona beer, but now you can't even hear the name Corona without thinking about death and destruction. Before you well, used to think about bikinis and sunsets and the beach. Now you think about as people in damn six feet away from each other and masks around their face. Crazy. Well, you know, I'm not I, I, I'm not a drinker, but it's either going to put Me Corona either. out of business or or, 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 it's, or or maybe we should be looking at buying their stock, huh? <laughs> buy, but buy, buy it now while, it, so while it's buy it now while it's while it's low. Well, buy it now. I don't know if they'll be around. So I, th- I think they're pretty much yeah, well. belly up. I, I, I don't I don't know how much Corona. I mean, I don't think there's some big thriving company that's huge, but maybe they will be. But you know, there's not that. I got 60 seconds in the show. This this thing's telling me once again we're living by the slave of technology as we are here today in our life. And I try to get us off that. Sadly, it's right here on technology. But Jason, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again. And I will see you very soon, my friend, and give you a hug in person again. Great being with you, Billy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That's it for today. Another episode of Sweatpants Radio. I hope you had a good day. And uh, go out and enjoy some of this nice weather if you got in your area. Have a walk with your kids, your family. Um, enjoy this quiet time we have. They want to do some. All right, y'all, have a good day. Remember, one love, and God bless America. Take care. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.